Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. This week, they're fast, they're furious, they're Hobbs and Shaw. I see what you're doing. You think I'm stupid? Of course I think you're stupid. Oh, H2 to OV. Here comes the grump asks, who remembers the psychedelic kids shows of the 60s? Here comes the grump. It's going to get grumpy in here. Like any help crossing the street? And support the girls, even when they're working in a borderline sleazy joint like double whammies. This is a mainstream place. Boobs, bruise, and big screens. Yeah. Although I will say our strategy is moving, you know, sort of away from boobs and into butts. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. When the star system collapsed under its own weight a few years ago, Hollywood producers breathed a sigh of relief. No longer could they be held to ransom by the likes of Julia Roberts, Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt and their agents. Today we're told the movies are the stars. People go to a film because they like the look of it, not because of who's in it. Now the big names in movies aren't actors. They're Iron Man and Thor, The Lion King and Toy Story. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, Recent examples of how disposable old-fashioned movie stars are these days occurred in two big Marvel Comics extravaganzas that sacrificed their, you'd think, biggest stars early. Scarlett Johansson in Avengers Endgame and Jennifer Lawrence in The Last X-Men. If anyone was protected by their celebrity, you'd think it would be them. Thanos did exactly what he said he was going to do. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. On the other hand, two leading ladies of several hugely successful films have still yet to achieve household name status. Lily James and Tessa Thompson were recently seen together in Little Woods, though their names are likely to be met with a puzzled who? Can you do this without getting caught? Yes. Are you sure? Of course not. Between them, Lily James and Tessa Thompson have starred in Men in Black International and Yesterday, Creed and Cinderella, Mamma Mia, Thor and the TV phenomenon Downton Abbey. If you can't be famous after that lot, when can you? Today's rather devalued idea of stardom seems to go to sports stars and reality TV celebrities. The days of a star being born on the back of a striking performance in a hit movie are very few and far between. Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. 
What? I just want to take another look at you. But despite these new rules, people still stubbornly have their favourite performers, even if they're not magazine front cover fodder. Audiences like to see good actors, for instance, or in some cases just an enjoyable presence on the screen. Nowhere is that more obvious than in the traditional action hero movie. People like Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. This job requires stealth. I'm trying to save the world, which, for the record, will be my fourth time. The Rock and the Staith's particular brand of jokey fisticuffs is back in Hobbs and Shaw, though I was attracted to the film by another actor. More of her in a minute. This week also sees a kids' animated movie called Here Comes the Grump that would be even more forgettable without the presence of grown-up favourites Ian McShane and Lily Collins. And an unexpected little winner of a film called Support the Girls makes it almost entirely through the charm of its lead performers. Come on, drink already. The fact is, whether you call it stardom or not, attractive actors make all the difference to our enjoyment of a movie. It certainly helped with Hobbs and Shaw. Pick a door. All right, then. No, that's my door. Pick another door. What's wrong with you? You know what? You were right. This is your door. What's the matter? You got a lot of bad guys behind that door? Hobbs and Shaw are two spin-off characters from the phenomenally successful and wildly implausible Fast and Furious franchise. I see what you're doing. You think I'm stupid? Of course I think you're stupid. Oh, H to the OB. With the demise of one of the original two Fast and Furious lead actors, Paul Walker, and the signs that the other, Vin Diesel, was starting to take himself a bit too seriously, the producers decided to create a bickering double act between the gigantic Dwayne Johnson and bullet-headed Brit Jason Statham. Johnson plays CIA agent Hobbs. Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. Career lawman. Always gets his guy. And the Staith plays former MI6 Maverick Shaw. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Rogue former MI6 agent. Doesn't play well with others. For the Fast and Furious crowd, those two should be enough, but more were thrown into the mix. Playing the villain is the always popular Idris Elba. There are cameo appearances by everyone from Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart to Dame Helen Mirren playing Shaw's disreputable mum, Queenie. This whole thing sounds really dodgy. Look after your sister. Listen, I'll handle it. The only way we survive is working together like a team. Let's do this. And fun as those actors are, even when they're phoning it in, as at least some of them obviously were here, none of them was the reason I was at Hobbs and Shaw with a gigantic bucket of popcorn on my knee. I was probably the one person in the audience who was only there to see Vanessa Kirby, best known as Princess Margaret in the TV series The Crown. Who the hell are you? 
Bad guy. The mission has been compromised. We need help. But I suspect Vanessa picked up a lot of fans by the end. She was the best thing in the film. But this isn't to take away from The Rock and the Stath hired to take on the sinister Brixton, Idris Elba. Brixton's a sort of mechanically enhanced villain who's all but indestructible. So you guys are being hunted by an army of mercenaries led by a genetically enhanced soldier. Look at me. I'm Black Superman. You're crazy. But Brixton and his crew may not need to worry too much about Hobbs and Shaw. They seem far more interested in beating each other up than saving the world. Buckle up, fat boy. On my three. One. Ah! <laughs> Woo! Hey, see the look on his face? You have no idea how long I've been waiting to do that. Yeah. Adding a little much-needed plot complication, it seems Shaw's sister Hattie, Vanessa Kirby, has been framed for stealing some sort of virus that will, dare I say it, destroy the world or something. Luke Hobbs and Decker Shaw, we've got unfinished business. Shaw's sister took something from me. A virus could wipe out half the population, and I want it back. Hattie and Deckard Shaw have been estranged for years, but fortunately events and Luke Hobbs conspire to bring them back together. Can the Shaws do the same with Hobbs, who's been similarly separated from his own family back in Samoa? My babies come home. I'm sorry to bring trouble here, Mama, but I need my brothers. This family is going to war. We're going to need cars and guns. It seems after his appearance as Maui in kids' cartoon Moana, Dwayne Johnson is getting back in touch with his Polynesian roots. With the bad guys on their tail, Hobbs and the Shaw siblings hightail it to the South Pacific and Hobbs' extended family. Mama, where's all our guns? I can't read of them. Very noble, Mrs. Hobbs. No in serious trouble. That's an understatement. That's good old school. By now, we're well into Hobbs and Shaw, and we've seen more ludicrous stunts, impossible car chases, and interminable hand-to-hand combat scenes than anyone could possibly expect. Now, all that's needed is Hobbs' entire Samoan family, led by Cliff Curtis, launching into a haka before taking on the bad guys. Well, all right. It's ridiculous, of course, but it's also ridiculously entertaining, in part thanks to the two old hands at the front being fed by a scriptwriter who knows just what they need in the way of boys' club banter. To its credit, it's very rare that Hattie Shaw is allowed to be the traditional damsel in distress. In fact, most times, she's the one rescuing the boys. If the three of us don't work together, billions of people will die. Your sister is one of the toughest, baddest most capable women I've ever encountered. No one could do it better. My kind of girl. So once again, the unexpected star turn is Princess Margaret, repeating her winning performance in the last Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. Vanessa Kirby is this year's Charlize Theron, in which there's no higher praise in the action field. Oh, 
While the International Film Festival is playing in the capital, the mainstream alternatives have to fend for themselves out in the suburbs with very little pre-publicity. The name of the animated feature, Here Comes the Grump, rang the very faintest of bells. It turns out there was a TV series of that name back in the 60s. Here comes the grump. There's a bit in her pet. And there's Terry, a boy she just met. And although he's from far away, he's got to save the day. Looking at 60s kids' TV shows now, you have to ask, what were these people on? H.R. Puffin Stuff, Land of the Lost and Magilla Gorilla made Salvador Dali look like family entertainment. Here Comes the Grump was equally bizarre, as is the decision to remake it. Who, one wonders, was clamouring to see a modernised version of a lunatic patchwork of a plot involving a hyperactive princess in a surreal animated world, her new friend recently arrived from Earth, and a grumpy wizard out to give everyone a miserable time. It's just like Grandma's Park, only realer. And don't forget the Candy Floss Cemetery. Oh, thank you. Significantly or not, this production comes from Mexico. Maybe Here Comes the Grump was bigger there than it was here. The voice talent is mostly English, albeit with fake American accents. This is not sounding promising, but let's see what happens. That, at any rate, was the attitude of me and the three or four under fives in the suburban cinema. Here comes the Grump Opens in a lively funfair run by Terry's lovable grandma. Terry, you can't always keep things as they were in your grandma's day. If we miss another payment, we'll have to close. But, in a flash, Grandma's dead and the funfair is a grimy shadow of its former self. Terry suddenly finds himself plucked into a portal in the sky to another world full of dragons and things. Okay, but just as Terry is acclimatising himself to a rather overcoloured magic kingdom, someone sounds a warning. In fact, the title of the movie. Here comes the grump. Here comes the grump! It's going to get grumpy in here. Would like any help crossing the street? Thank you very much. The voice of the grump is unmistakably Ian McShane, though swearing less than he did in Deadwood. His purpose, we're told, is to bring gloom and misery to the world. This isn't at all what a new friend of Terry wants. Her name is Dawn, or rather, the Princess Dawn. (gasps) I'm Princess Dawn. And you are? Terry. Brave Terry. No, just Terry. I need to get back home. Can you help me? As soon as you save my kingdom. Now, it goes without saying that analysing a children's story over-rigorously is a waste of time. The maddest stuff can appeal to the tiny tots. Hello, Teletubbies. But equally, colourful tosh like Here Comes the Grump can sail over the heads of the target audience. (laughs) (laughs) 
You must find the crystal key. It is the only way to lift the spell. Left alone, kids will make their own minds up over what they choose to blob out in front of, but a combined audience of children and adult caregivers is rather pickier. Kids like it to be colourful and friendly. Adults like it to make at least some vestige of sense. And if either member of the audience is unconvinced, that scepticism is rather infectious. That thorn in my side must be plucked out. Get him! Do your thing. Brave Terry. Okay. Run! All I wanted was to get back home. Despite the enthusiastic, if possibly tongue-in-cheek, work of Ian McShane as the Grump, Lily Collins as the Princess, and Toby Kebbell as Terry, here comes the Grump failed to engage. My under-five-year-old colleagues spent much of their time under the seats with the popcorn buckets. I suspect I might have been more gamefully employed doing the same thing. I don't understand why you can't believe in Happily Ever After. Let's put an end to happiness. I can do this. Maybe not. The roadside bar franchise Hooters is a uniquely American phenomenon, I gather. Despite the seedy name and the glossy low-rent playboy ambience, it's not quite a strip club. It's more a bar with pretty waitresses and sports all the time on the big TV screens. In its fictional manifestation, Double Whammies, it's the setting for a film called Support the Girls. This is a mainstream place. Boobs, bruise, and big screens. Although I will say our strategy is moving, you know, sort of away from boobs and into butts. The title, Support the Girls, has more than one application. First and foremost, it's the mission statement of Whammy's manager, Lisa, played with sunny determination by Regina Hall. Her job is to keep the place running smoothly, but woe betide any customers who step out of line with her girls. My name is Lisa, I'm the general manager, and my girl just said you got a little disrespectful with her. (laughs) A what? Well, you might have thought you were just having a little fun, but I have a zero-tolerance policy on disrespect, so uh, you're going to have to go. Blow me. But, of course, the rules of engagement at a place called Double Whammies are a little vague. As Lisa constantly reminds everyone, it's mainstream, not a cheap clip joint. But you do have to be friendly enough with the customers to attract those tips. You're not wearing a whole lot of clothes, but it's a family place. Like working at, at Chili's or Applebee's, except the tips are way better. If you know how to work it. But notice how I open my mouth real wide when I laugh, like... <laughs> and new staff have rather a flexible view of friendly enough. Lisa seems to spend much of her time warning the more aggressive waitresses about how much skin to show, regardless of how well they get tipped. Get off the car. Alexis. Well, you're a mainstream. Bar and grill. Please, come here. Please, come here. She's making sick money, though. Support the girls has a more practical meaning when one of the waitresses has to take time off after a bad case of domestic abuse. Lisa arranges a charity car wash session. You get the idea this is not an uncommon occurrence. And the good cause is always the non-specific support the girls. My name is Lisa. I'm the general manager. Are we taking good care of you today? I think there's a guy throwing up in there. Today is kind of a crazy day. 
The story takes place on one eventful day at Whammy's from Lisa's regular run-ins with her impatient boss, played by one of the great movie losers, James Legros, to a suspicious sound up in the attic. It turns out to be a burglar trapped after trying to rob the place. I just need you to do your job. But there's a guy throwing up in there. Did they just knock out my cable? Hey! Hello? I'm in the van. What are you doing in the van? The film, like the Whammy's Bar itself, rests on Lisa, a simply wonderful performance by Regina Hall. It's a brilliant balancing act watching Regina try to bring dignity to a job notably devoid of it. You're losing your mind? <laughs> Just get in and go. You're not leaving. You're married to this place. Lisa shares the lead with hard-bitten Danielle and relentlessly upbeat Macy. Imagine Pollyanna in a plunging neckline. The work conditions are demeaning, the customers are often casually offensive, but it would be, and is later in the film, so much worse if Lisa weren't there. You just shake that thing someplace else. I'm just here for the burger and the fight. You girls are not nearly hot enough to pull off this kind of bullshit. You should apologize. Room one, Lisa. No drama. You really want me to tell a bunch of twins? 20-year-old girl, no drama. Lisa's constant arguments with her boss can only have one outcome. But this isn't a film about the failings of capitalism and the inequities of the gig economy. Lisa and her friends will survive because that's what they do. The message, if you want to call it that, is, so what if you lose a crappy job? There are plenty more crappy jobs out there. You really think that helping someone means you get to tell them how to live their life? I started this day off crying, so if you ask me, laughing is progress. It makes such a difference when your boss really cares about you. And at the end, when the three waitresses find themselves up on the roof sharing a bottle, it doesn't feel like a defeat, certainly not a permanent one. The writer-director of Support the Girls, Andrew Bajalski, is no crusading Ken Loach. His speciality is small films about small moments in people's lives. Which makes Andrew Bajalski's next project so unlikely, the live-action remake of the animated Disney favourite Lady and the Tramp. Coincidentally, Lady is played by Tessa Thompson, though I'm not sure if it will raise the profile of either Tessa or Andrew. But I'm not sure that it matters. As Lisa, the whammy's waitress, might say, sometimes good work is better than fame and fortune. And on that reminder that stardom isn't necessarily everything, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
That's BotoxCosmetic.com. <laughs> 